Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today on Housing Wire Daily, I'm joined by Brenna Nath, Managing Editor of HW Plus and Events, to talk about Housing Wire Annual, which happens next week, and how that event ties into our overall goal to build a community that is all things housing. You who are listening to this podcast are an important part of that community, and we love to meet you and hear from you whenever we can. We have a lot to talk about, but first, here's a word from our sponsor. From first-time and non-traditional home buyers to those needing a jumbo loan for a second home, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers since 2015. Finance of America Mortgage is licensed to lend in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, and backed by best-in-class lending technology with a wide range of innovative and proprietary mortgage products. They're prepared to help borrowers find loans that meet their needs. Want to join an award-winning team and elevate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housing wire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID number 1071. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal opportunity employer. Brenna, welcome back to the podcast. Always a pleasure to be here and excited to chat through the exciting things going on. We have so much. We have one week from today. We will be at Housing Wire Annual, which you have created. You you are one of the genius minds behind this event. I know you have a great team. We have lots of people working on it. But I mean, I have heard so many people are excited about the way this is, is going to be. I am thrilled. I think... One, just excited to gather back in person together in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's been a while since I think I've been had the pleasure of meeting everyone in person. Sarah, I know you've been traveling quite a bit. Clayton, our CEO, has been traveling quite a bit. So they've been able to meet people in person. But I think there's nothing like being able to gather with the community along with, I mean, my top three reasons for going between networking community, but like in-depth conversations, not just like stand there and kind of meet people. But we have a lot of opportunities for in-depth conversations to Great content that's very important for what's happening in the market right now, which I think we're all glued to the screens because things are changing so fast, along with just like fun. I'm all about fun. There's that, there's that extra element in conferences that I think we all treasure that, especially in this industry, I think we're all really close to our work and close to each other and this industry is super small. And so there's a lot of opportunities for just fun, impactful, memorable moments as well. I think so too. You know, that's the thing about this industry that you and I both talked about when we first, you, you've been here longer than me, but when we first started, it's like, it is a small world in a lot of places. People, you know, they they might change jobs, they come back up, oh, this was this boss, you know, this person had this boss at that, you know, now they're over here. And, you know, people may change jobs, but they usually stay within the industry. It's so true. How many times I've been on virtual conference calls or planning calls for panelists and I, to me, I'm putting two panelists that I've been close with or worked with or networked with over the years, get on a call and you realize that they're connected as well. I thought, I didn't think they were like random, but you know, it's just like, oh, I know you through this lender and I maybe know you through this vendor and 
all of a sudden going to call and they're like, oh, I worked with you at so-and-so or this place. And I think that's what makes this at least one special part of our industry. We love, so Housing Mart Annual, you know, the heart behind this is really all things housing. And I have been to, um, over the last year, year and a half, been to so many conferences, mortgage conferences, appraisal conferences, title conferences, real estate conferences, love them all. I love meeting people in person, but the thing that we feel like is our special sauce is bringing people together across different sectors of the industry. So it's, it's real estate and mortgage, it's title, it's appraisal. It's all of these things. It's fintech. And we feel like that there's a lot of synergy there that happens when we're all in the same room and when we're all talking to each other. And that's what we're trying to do with the content and with the activities that we plan throughout the conference. It's so true. I think a little sneak preview because I was editing the program book and I was looking at our EdNote from our CEO and COO, Diego. So Clayton and Diego with the EdNote. And just they had a great point in there. You know, we have uh, Ulta has the title conference, MBA has MBA annual, NAR has its annual conference going on for agents. And we both have traveled to a lot of those conferences, but All Things Housing really takes all of that together just as much as you and I have said that a lot of the people in this industry have worked together closely, that goes across all sectors, whether they're a partner, a client, there's so much cross collaboration between real estate and lending from you have JV partnerships to you have people like UWM who have gone into appraisal. So there's this very clear sense and not even maybe shift, but growth that we've witnessed in our reporting of how this industry has really spread through all of those parts. I think there's so much value. Of course, we love all the other conferences in this space, but you're, you're starting to see how closely they're working together and even within the same company and the same umbrella branch parent company type thing. And so those are the conversations that we know need to happen in partnerships and why house, all things housing really help kind of encompass all of it. You know, I was just at the uh, mortgage bankers the New England Mortgage Bankers Conference. That was really fun to go to a regional conference. Um, they had some great speakers. Logan Motoshami, our lead analyst, was one of their speakers, and he did a great session. He's going to be doing a great session for us. He's going to he's going to kick off the Housing Super Session, which will be him talking for fifteen minutes. Then we're going to have a panel discussion. Then we're going to have Q and A. And I just know that um, that audience was so receptive. They all wanted to talk to him, lined up and for a Q and A. And so. Really excited. He's on our he's on our cover of our magazine, which you also oversee the magazine. So pretty amazing. The September issue is one that's exciting. And so as a teaser for anyone who goes to Housing Wear Annual, feel free. We should have extra copies of that one around as well. Or even the October, November one, if you just want a signature in general on those magazines. I think it's a great way to kind of showcase all of the work that he's done. The issue specifically in the September issue takes a lot of the writing that he's done throughout the year and creates this great overarching piece that fits the feature for what he's seeing in the market right now. And I think the words that Sarah and I have seen him constantly using is, you know, savagely and healthy. What a great catchphrase that is. Maybe not the best meaning that it has an execution, but it really has captured how he's defined the housing market this year. And that is what his piece really sums up. What makes up this savagely and healthy market? Um, what is the state of the market, mortgage rates, home prices? We're in, you know, a Fed driven kind of housing recession right now. And that has spurred a lot of questions, a lot of what happens if interest rates goes into the sevens? What happens if this? And I think my Ed note on Friday for HA Plus members really asked that question or, or pointed out just how many questions we have circulating in the market right now around all of those things. And that's what Logan's really here for. And I would also just call out 
from that magazine to even his session at Housingware Annual. That's another thing that he'll be kind of touching on is what, what does the future hold as we go into 2023, which is where a lot of those questions are now. What are the future mortgage rates? Well, we're almost into this next year. How do lenders prepare for this? What do they need to do for their own pipeline? Stuff like that, that I think will be very beneficial. So you can get the first kind of preview in the the magazine, which is for our HA Plus members, but we have a digital flipbook online if you want to look through there, um, to the continuation uh, at the comp- our conference, Housing War Annual. So either of those is kind of a great place to be. And um, of course, changing by the moment. Changing by the moment. I, I do think, you know, when you when we plan a conference like this, you never know what's going to be happening around that time. I feel like we are at we are at such a credible, incredible tipping point um, for the economy, the larger economy. Um, you know, we've talked about Logan. He, he has a six recession red flags up right now. He would say that just the housing uh, industry is in recession. But clearly, you know, the Fed is trying to put the entire economy into a recession to bring down this inflation. So, and that could be happening, uh, depending on how you define that, that could be happening right now. But we're definitely at this tipping point nationally on a global scale with things happening. So when we when we do a conference around this, to me, the point is like, how is this so important right now? Like all these big, huge things are going on. People's businesses are really being affected. So how is this conference going to be really speaking to them? And I think it's it's number one, the content. And number two, it's talking to other people and finding out what they're doing and getting ideas and resources from that. I saw that at the New England Mortgage Bankers Conference. People were like, oh, I just found this guy who's, you know, they're doing this kind of loan, a, a seven-year arm that I didn't know we could do this. And other people were talking about, oh, we're, we're doing HELOCs. We're doing, um, you know, really looking at reverse, just all the different ways that people are trying to innovate. Of course, that was just mortgage bankers. This is going to be bank, you know, uh, mortgage and real estate and everybody else. But so tell us a little bit about like the extra conference things that where people might get that kind of edge, like, why should I go to a conference right now when so much is going on? Um, What do you think are the answers to that? I'd say it's more important than ever to be having open, authentic conversations with other people in the industry. We often see words like networking in the descriptions for conferences. And something I think is important is to go a level beyond that. So it's not just networking, it's vulnerable, transparent conversations about the fact that we all are not perfect, that we're all trying to figure out this market. And if you're not working double as hard, then you're probably not working hard enough because that's the exact sentiment that's really out there in the industry right now is just how much hustle and work is having to be made in order to make up for the shift from the refinance market. And I um, know that's really common right now. I think everyone, no one's surprised by the fact that we're in a purchase market. No one's surprised by the fact that we've had to have this huge shift in our workforce. But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of tough decisions happening at every level of the company, especially in the executive level. So I look at something like the Vanguard Forum, for example. They have a networking session right at the end of that. That networking session is really built around, it's a private exclusive room, no media, no press. So we won't be reporting on it ourselves in order to create space for those transparent conversations. But in a lot of the planning calls that I've had with CEOs, it's really been them saying, you know, we've had to make X, Y, Z tough call. We've had to, they, they've given more color around the layoffs that they've had to have or around some of the business decisions and trying to stay liquid, stuff like that. That has been very, um, I'd say open and beneficial because those are the things that other people need to hear. And then you also have the other side of this, the, um, 
or another part of that, you know, collaboration narrative, we have networking sessions outside of the forum. So I don't want to just say this is only for CEOs who want to know what's going on, but we also have a welcome reception on Monday night and our main reception on Tuesday night. And if you look at, we have a an app. So if you look up HW Media in your app store, you'll find our event app. Feel free to use it for future ones as well. So don't delete it right after the event, but that's a good home place to see all the other attendees there. I think it was um, Amy Moses on a podcast with Clayton for Housing News, where she mentioned, how do you maximize your time at a conference? And one of the things that she said there was looking at the attendee list and mapping out who's going to be in the room so you can maximize your time there. Who do you need to meet? And I think the other conversations that we're seeing people have is, it's not only this conversation about how do we stay liquid? How do we you know, grow our business. But it's also, how do you retain talent right now? You want to look at who's in the room from all parts of the industry. It's how do you keep your top LOs? How do you keep your top agents, appraisers, all of those people? And that's the other part of the conversation right now that I think we'll be having throughout the conference is how do you give them leads? How do you make sure that they're happy and content? How do you make sure that you're filling the narrative gap with them? And those are the conversations that you'll also um, be able to meet other people at the networking parties to chat with. We'll also be having some amazing keynotes that kind of dig into what they're seeing everywhere from Renee, Renee Rodriguez, who'll be at the Vanguard to Brian Serhant, who's going to be on Tuesday morning to of course the government angle. We have FHFA director Sandra Thompson on Wednesday morning, and she's explaining, okay, well, where does the government and policy play into all of this? And what are they focused on? Which is an extra level that I think companies are having to think about right now. So all of those opportunities, we want to make sure there's home bases for people where they need to be. You know, I I think, um, so Dave Stevens spoke at the conference I was at last week. And one of the things that he said was, which it was so great to see him. He looked amazing, by the way, he looked really good. Um, And one of the things that he said is that the sales teams, people's sales teams getting leads, you know, obviously all the shift now, all of the um, emphasis now is on that. And you can understand why. And also then, you know, we, we know that efficiencies are super important, right? With margins so small, it's it's really important to do that. But he had such a great message of like, listen, um, you know, we've been in a really low volume environment before and, and companies were still able to make their margins. And there are ways to do that. And people have figured it out. And that's one of the things that I got from that conference is just, you know, in line for the buffet or sitting with people at tables or, or just talking is like, a lot of people are like, we've been through this before. We know how to do that. It's not easy. It's pretty painful. A lot of it is, you know, getting to the right number of people, whatever. But a lot of it is also finding efficiencies in your process and with your technology. And, you know, that's a whole nother part of the conferences that there we have sponsors there who are hopefully, you know, ready to do demos for you and show you what that looks like. Because more than ever, you've got to look at your margins and, and what kind of processes you have. One of my favorite titles is one of our breakout sessions. It has the title, uh, Margin Compression. Is it uh, Factor Trendy? And been on some of those planning calls that dive into that because we are using the word margin compression quite a bit. And that conversation has really shifted. And even the conversations outside of um, planning for housing where annual, since it's been a reoccurring topic we've discussed on virtual events as well, is tech. Tech Market compression goes right into that conversation that you just mentioned. What technology is worth the time that you do have? What currently do you have in your tech stack? What can you maximize that you have there? How do you make sure that once you implement it, everyone throughout your company is harnessing it. And what I've seen that's been interesting through a lot of the sentiment from different lenders that I've chatted with is you know, technology is more is important. They are hyper-focusing on those things to figure out what can they do right now in driving 
to your point, those efficiencies forward. So exciting. I think being on planning calls is one of the most fun things that we do ahead of a conference because we get to really hear, we get the preview of like, this is what we're going to cover and just seeing the synergies between the people that we've asked to be together on stage. And we we have people who are like, you You talked about some of the keynotes that we have. We also have panels. We also have uh, Q&As. We have fireside chats. We have a lot of different formats so that people can come and not get burned out on, you know, uh, all this, you know, all the same kind of thing. Um, and, and then we also have built in time so that you can still get your work done, talk to your teams, have time to really network. So pretty excited. What, what was one of the planning calls that you've really enjoyed? I'd have to spotlight probably two of theirs we haven't focused on too much. We have uh, within our event, we have kind of three mini events. You have the more uh, the Marketing Leader Success Summit, which is Monday, October 3rd in the morning into um, basically noon. And then after that, you have the Women of Influence Forum, which is Monday afternoon, and then the Vanguard Summit, which is Tuesday, and that one's afternoon, and that's exclusive for executives. I'd say the two planning calls that stick out to me, um, I'll touch on one at Women of Influence Forum, and I'm going to touch on one on Wednesday as well. The one from Women of Influence Forum is uh, Work-Life Balance. Uh, it's the, the good, the bad, the ugly of work-life balance. That's one that stuck out to me because I was on this call with some amazing women in the C-suite. And I loved, I keep bringing up this word vulnerability and authenticity, but I think it's so important because these women were saying, we don't have it all together and we're not going to profess to say that we have all the answers, but we're hoping that if we all share our narrative, that maybe one part of this is going to resonate with you as you figure out how in your life you want to balance this. And I think a lot of us get annoyed with that phrase, work-life balance, whether it's work-life harmony, work-life adjustment, whatever it needs in order for you. And even one thing they touched on in that planning call was the fact that no longer are we in this world of um, work slash life. Our our work lives and our personal lives are getting more blended than ever before. Not in the sense of we all have these like toxic and unhealthy relationships with our, our workforce, but we're very close to our jobs. Our coworkers... Um, are traveling, it's it's kind of starting to blend in the sense of a lot of our work friends are our personal friends, stuff like that. And how do you balance all that? And now is there really divide? You know, there's one uh, one of the people on the panel talking about how she is a single mom. And so every time she goes to a conference, she has to bring her son along. And so that's where her work life and her professional life are blending together because she has to bring her son along to those conferences with her uh, which I'm sure he, he might love the traveling part of it all, but love that. Just that's a great example, like Tuesday night where it's authentic conversations, especially knowing how COVID completely changed how we thought about everything. We have this new world of remote environment, but we also still love in-person connections. That oh, the other, oh yeah. I was just going to jump in there and say, it reminds me of Clubhouse when in the middle of uh, the pandemic, you know, you and I uh, would get on Clubhouse, we'd have different uh different speakers come on uh, that we'd interview. We'd have these things. I mean, now I'm like, that's no offense to clubhouse or those kind of things, but like, you know, I do not want to spend my, my time doing that. But at the same time, I do recognize that like, because we were so connected with work people through the pandemic, to your point, a lot of my good friends now are, are work friends. They now know so much about you. I think, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast, but I am uh, almost 30 weeks pregnant. And so I think that's been a fun fun undertone in a lot of these calls that I've had with women. I've been able to share that, especially for the Women of Inputs Forum. I'm, I'm about to enter this new season of balancing motherhood and work and have been able to, 
I feel very thankful that I am given the opportunity to talk to so many women in the mortgage industry about the various ways they've done it. And they all have different answers for what made it work in different systems. And a lot of their advice is, you know, like, give yourself grace and do what's best for you. But I think those are the type of things that you realize in this industry. We're all, we're all closer. I, I know when people's kids are going off to college or if they got into a, a good school or if they made the sports team, those extra things where we, we I mean, I have, to your point, you and I, Sarah, have been chatting with people in this space for 10 years. We've, Dave Stevens saw me when I first, you know, was word priding about um, in the mortgage news about uh, the CFPB and interviewed him on stuff like that, you know? And really such a, I mean, I'll give a shout out to Dave, such a generous person with this time when, when you were just starting out in your career and I was just starting out in this, in this industry and there was lots of questions and we've had so many people like that over the years, men and women who have really taken the time to help us learn more and also just been available. It's almost, I feel like a lot of my answers, you can tell I'm in charge of community <laughs> in my job. So if you ever need to know who at HelsingWire or HW Media to reach out to when it comes to people, conferences, virtual, I am definitely the community heart and soul over here along with uh, Clayton, Sarah, who really carry that torch as well. But you could tell Sarah and I clearly are connected to this space. That, there is a reason you're in charge of community, right? You like people more, more than most people. That's she, what I would say. She does enjoy connecting with others, especially in this space. Uh, the other panel that I would call out is the one on Wednesday. So uh, that panel is the regulation super session. I think I've chatted on it, on it here and there. That one has just a, a power group. I'll let Tara weigh in on her thoughts on it too, because I know she sees it in the newsroom. But we have um, Angel over at Stabby, who's going to be moderating that panel. And what's special about that? We have a few sessions that have external moderators. Angel used to work at Ginny May. He is definitely probably, talk about community, one of the most well-connected people in D- Washington, D.C. Knows so many people. And what I would like to tease about that session is we have policy people on the panel. So we have a representative from the FHA and the CFPB on that panel, along with policy experts. So you have people like Faith Schwartz and someone from NAR on that panel who are going to showcase, okay, here's what the policy people are saying. And here as we, here's how we've seen the industry digest that or navigate that. I know Alexia over at NAR has a ton of stats that she's able to share when it um, comes to how the past year impacted everything. And so the, the flow that he has of that conversation is really letting the policy experts dive into, we all just went through COVID-19, two years minimum really of kind of shifting. And what did they notice from that time? What were the shifts in policies that really stood out to them? Some of the things that they've been focused on. Take that and then kind of transition with the stats over at NAR. Here's what they're seeing in the market. Here's what that's going into. And then shift into the reactionary piece from the industry. You have the real estate angle, like we said, all things housing. So you have real estate on there, mortgage on there, along with Angel, who kind of has been in all parts of the industry from you know being a vendor to being inside the government to seeing firsthand with a lot of his conversations, how people are digesting that. And so the super session means really it's an hour. Um, we The way we broke it up is we kind of have you know the policy people first. There's not going to be an actual break in the middle, but at least like when you're listening to it, you can hear the flow of it. But that's going to be, to me, just a don't miss session um, on, and I think I have that day wrong. I think I said Wednesday. This is going to be on Tuesday. So Tuesday morning, those stay for Wednesday. If I got it wrong if I, and I forced you to stay to Wednesday, I'm not going to take it back. <laughs> Maybe that was a, a ploy to get everyone to, to also attend the housing super session, which is the one that's on Wednesday. But that's a great session, I would say, on Tuesday that kind of helps lay the foundation on a lot of the questions that people are wanting to know in the policy space. So just excited about who we have on that panel along with the moderator. You know, I'm doing a panel um, 
uh, for the Women of Influence on mentorship. And I am so excited about that one. That's really, these are people who have really grown mentorship programs at their company. And then even like larger than their company, we, we found some people who are doing some amazing things and kind of working out like, what is the goal of that? Um, we have people who are three people who are doing really different kinds of things on that panel. So, you know, there are people who have very uh, strict, like this is, you know, a, a mentorship relationship looks like this. It's very defined. We have other people who have more of a an open mentorship relationship. We have people who have made groups outside and really brought in like a big tent thing. So it's it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait for that panel. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> and then you know, I'm I'm also doing a panel um, on appraisal and like what's the end game of modernization, appraisal modernization that I'm very excited about because. We are we are seeing so much disruption there, not in the sense of like, oh, we're doing appraisals totally differently, but just I, I feel like uh, from the federal level, there is the understanding that, you know, we could do this in a different way. And how do we how do we open up to some of the possibilities that we have? And then how that how that affects the people who are the ones doing the valuations, either, you know, the appraisers themselves, the AMCs, the lenders, how are they all approaching this? It's um, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. And there's a lot of questions on who is really responsible when things like, you know, and, and how do you root out appraisal bias when, you know, there's a lot of different things to, to talk about there. We have some real great professionals on there, experts that I can't wait for. That's going to be a really interesting discussion as well. I completely agree. It's between appraisal and title. I had a couple of title conversations as well on um, same kind of similarity. And I think what's great is you mentioned earlier how we'll have different formats throughout this call. So I know we have the... Um, the leader over at Alta coming. She'll be speaking in one of our CEO playbooks on Wednesday morning, giving a 10 minute talk on what she's seeing in the space. Some of the ideas that we brainstormed for her to give a teaser was kind of what's, what's going to remain in the title space. We've had a lot of talk of innovation, but what actually is she seeing as she talks a lot of time, what's, what it, is their capabilities for what does what is their capacity to hold is maybe a better framing for it in this space and finding you know disruption versus innovation conversation and that's another one I'm excited about. Ah, uh, there's so many good things. Well, we are almost at our time. Is there anything else that you wanted to point out? I'd highlight just two other special breakfast opportunity meet and greet opportunities. If you asked me today, like wh- what are the two things that you, you know? take full maximum benefit of what we're offering at Housing Warrior Annual. One of them will be a meet and greet on Tuesday morning with Ryan Serhant. This is exclusive. We will have a, it's not exclusive. We will have a cutoff. So it's a limited capacity event. If you go to our event website, or even if you're in the app, you'll see in there a way to RSVP for the breakfast. We will have to cut that off after a certain point. So make sure to get your name on that list to have a meet and greet with him. We really set that up to not only just be a quick line with a photo of him, but have enough time to really chat with him just a little bit, not over overly amount, but have a little bit more time with him than snapping a photo and walking away. So that's an opportunity I'd say don't miss. That's first thing early on Tuesday morning for everyone to to meet him right before he goes on stage for his keynote. And then the other one, what I'd say is we have a peer group review breakfast on Wednesday morning. And this one involves food. The Ryan one's just a meet and greet with photos. The Wednesday one, um, Dr. Jill Olmstead, she's on our housing wire team, Asia Media team with um, works with a lot of real trends executives and does peer groups and research. I'll let her dive into it more on site, but she's going to be having a breakfast just to, to give everyone some insight on how to get involved with the 
peer review groups that they have going on at Housing Wire. So that's another in real trend. So it's another exciting one. I'd say get on the RSVP list Wednesday morning, have more of an intimate breakfast, listen to her chat and learn some of the ways I think Sarah and I have had a theme throughout this call about the power of like a mastermind group or a community group or mentorship group. That's really what the peer groups are. It's having um, similar level people around you who can challenge you, give you transparent feedback, like feedback that you might not always want to hear, but you need to hear and do deep dives into uh, to what uh, you need to hear to grow your company, shift your company, stuff like that. So that's another not miss breakfast on Wednesday morning. So those are two of the extra things, RSVP, and we'd love to see you guys there. I also think, you know, when you're talking about making these connections in a volatile time like we are here, those connections are super important. You may need to, you know, it may be you uh, looking for a new opportunity, maybe seeing an opportunity for someone you met, it may be creating a completely new opportunity. We've seen that at our events before. They're sort of famous for having those connections that like, oh, here's a whole new company or, oh, here's a whole new partnership. And we love to see that because that's one of the things we want to do. So I hope our listeners get to come, get to see you in person. Uh, If you come, please introduce yourself to Brenna, to me, um, to anybody on our staff. We would love to meet you. And Brenna, thanks for being on. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.